Hello, everyone. So good to be with you all today, coming from a whole variety of time zones and places. Um, I'm Suzanne Kilkis, the resident teacher here in Madison, Wisconsin, with Open Door Zen Community. And Flint has asked um, me to uh, lead inquiry today as he prepares to do some traveling starting tomorrow. So we'll begin with about a 12-minute sit. So go ahead and just let yourself settle into uh, your posture. Maria is going to take care of the bell for us today. Taking care of your posture and taking care of your breath, taking care of your mudra. You're muted, Maria, so we can't hear the bell. Thank you. Okay. It helps, doesn't it, to be unmuted? <laughs>
in a moment, you will hear the bell sound. Just let yourself notice your breath, your body, your mudra as you make the transition into the chant. It's just another point of noticing that we're offered in our practice. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. Vast is the robe of liberation, a formless field of benefaction. Wearing the universal teaching, I realize the one true nature, thus harmonizing all being. It's so good to be with all of you today to practice with you here. Um, and I want to offer a few ideas or a few words um, as we go into inquiry today. So um, Suzuki Roshi has been alive in me this summer. You might say he has been living rent-free in my mind for the last few months. It started with Flint asking those of us who attended the Hawaii retreat to go to his book, Beginner's Mind, and send a paragraph of something that got our attention. When I went to my copy and opened it, I saw so much of it underlined from my previous readings. As I reread it now, I have so many awarenesses and questions about what his teachings mean, and I wonder what I was thinking at the time I first read it. I'm guessing this has happened for you at one time or another with your study, whatever the subject, we have an experience with a thought or a teaching and we mark it. The next time it comes up, something else gets our attention. It's the process of evolving, I think, as we deepen into practice and into inquiry. I've chosen one such passage for us to consider today. In it, I hear Suzuki Roshi's commitment to our growth and understanding, as well as his deep care for relieving our anxieties and worries about ourselves and the world. Here's what he said. The purpose of studying Buddhism is to study ourselves and to forget ourselves. When we forget ourselves, we actually are the true activity of the big ex existence of reality itself. I'll read that part again. It's very much like Dogen's teachings of studying the Buddha way. The purpose of studying Buddha, Buddhism is to study ourselves and to forget ourselves. When we forget ourselves, we actually are the true activity of the big existence, reality itself. When we realize this fact, there is no problem whatsoever in this world, 
and we can enjoy our life without feeling any difficulties. The purpose of our practice is to be aware of this fact. Well, in a way, this seems like a koan to me. He presents a possibility that I don't immediately see my way through or to, or I may never ex really do that. But it seems like it's a really important teaching to consider. When I consider touching into forgetting the small self, I recognize I do have moments of a sense of boundarylessness, of Suzanne-lessness. Among other things, I notice my breath deepens and my heart area expands. So I'm still embodied, and yet I'm beyond this invisible body. I think I said invisible, but it's really individual body. I can just let this all be as it is, because it truly doesn't feel like it's anything special. It's the experience of reality. As the Heart Sutra describes, boundlessness is not limited by form nor by feelings, perceptions, inclinations, or discernment. It is free of the eyes, ears, nose, tongue, body, and mind, and so forth. Here's where I think the koan presents itself. When Suzuki Roshi says, When we realize this fact, there is no problem whatsoever in this world, and we can enjoy our life without feeling any difficulties. Purpose of our practice is to be aware of this fact. And I know that he uses that word fact very deliberately. I, I really have to pause there as this statement almost takes my breath away. We're Zen students. Um, and we're, we're students of dependent colorizing, of the conditionality of life. This is because that is. We're called to live the bodhisattva path of compassion and diligent care. We are embodied beings in a world that looks like it's in a great deal of trouble. So how can we view there is no problem whatsoever in this world, and how can we enjoy our life without feeling any difficulties? So my inquiry today is how do we practice taking care of our life? living according to the precepts, taking care of our posture, our mudra, sitting in and walking meditation, taking care of our breath as we move through our life, all to let go of the small self and open to original nature, as Flint has been talking about the last few weeks. If this opens to what Suzuki Roshi says about realizing this fact, there is no problem whatsoever in this world, and we can enjoy our life without any feeling difficulties, I have a big question. And that big question is, how? How do we do that? But maybe it's also, uh, what, what needs to be in place or practiced in order for us to put these two things together? How do we practice as we are guided and pay attention to the world we live in? with all its troubles and sorrows, violence and losses, injustices, and disregard, which seem like it's on a massive scale, especially as we're facing so much climate change. It seems that the world needs us to respond, needs us to be present, 
to bring compassion and care to what is happening. At the very least, we need to attend to all of this for our own deepening in responding to life as it is. As I ask these questions, I feel a response arise from within me. We need to do just what we're doing. We need to practice on our own and with each other like we've been doing today. We need to embody the forms as we've learned, even the very simple ones with great diligence. And we need to bring ourselves out into the world with as much compassion, care, loving kindness, attention and awareness as we can in any given moment. This is what the Bodhisattva calls us to enact. And it can feel like a balancing act of challenging proportions. As I was preparing this, I remembered something I heard Jane Hirschfield, the poet and Zen practitioner, say in an interview a few months ago. She puts it this way um, when she talked about being faced with what felt to her like an unfathomable experience. She focuses on the climate crisis and on political upheaval, among other social concerns. She asked herself what to do. The answer that came, do what you have been doing only harder. She says, I kept asking the question and thus far the answer has stayed the same. Part of that is continuing to honor interiority and non-doing and to trust in the seemingly peripheral life of poem writing, as she is a poet, as well as activism. She goes on to say, our culture values visible doing, but the heart also needs non-doing. Part of that is recognizing the perfection of things as they are even now. And I think that's what Suzuki Roshi is pointing to when he says, there's no trouble in the world. Part is, keep, part is keeping the humility of a don't know mind. Because when we're faced with unfathomable experiences, if we don't have a don't know mind, and these are my comments, if we don't have a don't know mind, we can fall into despair. She goes on to say, heart is bringing forward the values of kinship and shared faith, shared fate of compassion and interconnection. And part two has been a vow to take some daily action. There's parts of this I think I'd like to reread because I've been reading this piece now for a few times. As I prepared for this and as I read it out loud again, um, there's more that comes from it. So I'm going to reread it again. When she asked herself what to do, the answer that came, do what you are been do, do what you have been doing, only harder. My own response to that only harder. Um, at first feels kind of harsh. I think what she means is really check your diligence and your intention so that those are very clear in offering what you have to offer. 
I've kept asking the question and thus far the answer has stayed the same. Part of that is continuing to honor interiority and non-doing and to trust in the seemingly peripheral life of poem making as well as activism. Our culture values visible doing, but the heart also needs non-doing. That's why we so encourage practicing together, practicing for ourselves, practicing with open hearts. Part of that is recognizing the perfection of things as they are, even now. This is because that is the conditionality of life arising in every moment. Heart is keeping the humility of a don't-know mind. Heart is bringing forward the values of kinship and shared fate. We here in the Midwest have been so aware of that with experiencing the poor air quality because of the Canadian fires, the no boundaries, uh, the no borders when it comes to do comes to having to do with with smoke, and we have a shared fate here. So part is bringing forward the values of kinship and shared fate, of compassion and interconnection, and part two has been a vow to take some daily action. And each of us needs to determine that for ourselves, given our current circumstances. So how do we balance attention to our practice, study, and inquiry to relinquish our small self? And how do we balance that with facing the suffering of the world as well as the beauty and the joy of life arising. I'll ask that again. How do we balance attention to our practice, study, and inquiry to let go or to relinquish our small self with facing the suffering of the world and facing the beauty and joy of life arising? What comes up for me in in reading that question is is Flint's uh, description of us all being messy miracles as well as life being a messy miracle. So I want to open it up to you now to hear from you, your thoughts, your questions, your concerns. I'm so grateful you for you being here for your practice today, for listening to this, and for considering whatever arises for you and is arising for you in any moment. Hello, Darcy. Hi, Good to Good see, see you. you. Mm-hmm. Thank you for taking that seat. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be honest with you. What's arising? Um, This is something I've struggled with, you know, um, since since Kevin's death, you know. For someone to say there is no problem, it's tough, you know? 
but for me, what I, what I kind of have come to is a little something within myself because I've recognized that whenever I, or as long as I say, this should not be so. This should not be so. In other words, this is a problem. It shouldn't be so. I can't even meet it. I can't even meet it. But what I've come to is it doesn't mean I have to like it. There's, there's a real difference there. There is a real difference there, Darcy. To recognize yes. this is so, mm-hmm. and it's because of all these things. Yes. And that is how, how it is. That is how it is. Mm-hmm. And for me to push against that, it disables every resource I have with which to meet life as it is. Mm-hmm. I, can, I, can, I can feel that I don't like it this way. I, I will never say that I like it this way. That's okay. It, it, mm-hmm. it seems like it helps me to go with it. So, mm-hmm. and, and it applies to everything. I mean, that's just the deepest thing for me. Yeah, yes. Yes. Thank you so much for coming forward with that, Darcy. I know you are not alone. And we all have the circumstances that we just don't know how to face. And I really wanted to change some of Suzuki Roshi's language. And I know people who translated, you know, his talks really worked hard at choosing the right language. But recently I've... um, wondered about changing that word problem to circumstances. Here's the circumstance. Here's the situation. And when we face that, oh, we don't have to like it. You're right. In fact, there are some things not to be liked. Exactly. So many things. So many things not to be liked. There's a lot energy there in not liking something that mm-hmm. can be um, very serviceable. Mm-hmm. Can you say more about that? Serviceable? Used. That not mm-hmm. liking it. I don't like mm-hmm. it. it. You know, mm-hmm. whether it's injustice in the world or if it's, mm-hmm. you know, losing someone you love. Mm-hmm. All that energy really is love is what it is. It's love for that person. It's Mm -hmm. love for our world. Mm -hmm. And that can be the foundation for action, you know, Mm -hmm. there's energy there. So, so that's the choice point is we to say, what am I going to do with this energy? Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, am I going to choose life? You know, like Flint says, it, it's um, it's never wise to 
turn away from life or whatever that, you know, yeah. refuse. John, John Terrence, uh, famous yeah. saying, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, say that for us, Suzanne, would you? Oh, I, I don't know that I can. You started <laughs> it. It's never wise to turn away from life as it shows up. Mm -hmm. It doesn't mean that we're going to like everything. You are right. Mm -hmm. But unless we turn toward something, we can't see something for us to respond to. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And sometimes we need a lot of assistance, help, buddies to help us turn towards something, as you so well know. Absolutely. Yeah, we can't do it alone. Mm -mm. So, mm -hmm. yeah, thank you. Mm, thank you, Darcy. Mm -hmm. Hello, Rosemary. Hi, Suzanne. So nice to so see you. Good to see you. Yes. So this, it just reminded me of a, a story that um, apparently Shariputra said to Buddha once. He had the same kind of question, like, you talk about the pure land and look at, we have war, we have this, we have that. So Buddha didn't answer, but he stuck his toes in the earth and jewels came forth. So it's not that the things that are painful for us are not, but they can, you know, I think the message was that he couldn't see the rest. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that happens a lot. We're not. I, I agree with you. Okay. And we forget, we forget that our, Actions produce an effect, whether it's sitting on our cushion, getting off the cushion and moving into the world, all of that has an effect. Absolutely. Yeah. Our, our thinking, our intentions, mm -hmm. all of it. All of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, collectively, it's there too. Mm-hmm. And it gets magnified collectively. I believe that. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it's a it's an interesting um, thing that I think you said that, um, or maybe it was Jane Hirschfeld that um, we're very attached to the look of doing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you know, practice and compassion and loving kindness can look a lot of different ways. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, so that's another, another mm -hmm. thank you for bringing this to us you're welcome and could I read could I read you something Flint sent me recently um, a story about a Chan master he was challenged um, by his a senior student and it's about exactly what you're talking about Rosemary so here's how the story goes a senior student at a large and vibrant rural monastery develops serious doubts about his master's authenticity. As far as he can tell, the master's practice of Chan amounts to nothing more than eating well, strolling in the monastic grounds and nearby mountains and villages, watching the sunset each evening and reading what the senior monk suspects is poetry and popular literature. 
What do you do that makes you master here? He finally asks. The master rise, raises his eyebrows, shrugs his shoulders, and smiles sheepishly. I guess not much of anything. How about you? The senior monk leaves, greatly annoyed, and with an even greater ball of doubt about the master twisting in his gut. A week later, he is called into the master's quarters. The master is going away on a month-long journey and wants to, to entrust the monastery to a senior student. The monk happily accepts the honor and promises to keep everything running smoothly and the 200 monks practicing diligently. When the master returns a month later, there are only about a dozen monks and a handful of novices remaining. The senior monk relates how frictions heated up from the moment the master left and how within days there were open arguments and bickering. In spite of his efforts to smooth things over and exercise authority, things only went from bad to worse. In the end, only those too sick, slow-witted, or too young to run off had not deserted the monastery. The master looked around, shrugged, and smiled sheepishly. I guess it's time to start doing not much of anything again. <laughs> Thank you. Isn't that a great story? It is. Yes. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hello, Cassie. Hello. Thank you, Mike. <laughs> Thank you, Sue. <laughs> they clapped when I raised my hand and it really touched me. <laughs> okay, you have fans. Good. <laughs> oh, uh, I so miss your hugs in in-person inquiry, Mike. You're very, very dear. Uh, and I raised my hand because I just wanted to express how grateful I am that we have this opportunity to touch the really deep matters. And so much of our world like wants to gloss over these things or set them aside, but to be able to, to, to be held together in this way mm -hmm. is just so precious to me. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I was recently at uh, a birthday party for a woman who was born in 1928. Yes, <laughs> we do the math. Yeah, 95. And, uh, how much life and joy she has. Mm -hmm. And uh, also seeing how, you know, it had been maybe six months or a year since I have seen her and how, you know, the age toll is, is coming to her. Mm -hmm. um and just the the i wish we didn't have to get old in order to appreciate you know being alive oh um, well you know what you don't mm -hmm. have to yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're you're a prime example of it right now is you're appreciating being alive yeah Mm -hmm. you know and and still wishing for more from life or different things from life but mm -hmm. you know also just um you know looking across the squares 
you know, my heart just breaks open mm -hmm. to see each one of your faces is uh, really wonderful. Hello, Ed. <laughs> Hello, Judy. <laughs> Hello, all the faces, Ben, Chris, Darcy, you know, mm -hmm. all of you are, Maria, mm -hmm. so incredibly dear to me. Mm -hmm. Sheila, uh, all the ones that I'm not naming, I, uh, uh, feeling a lot of love for each of you today. Mm -hmm. There's always room for a lot of love and gratitude. And you are um, a prime example of it, Cassie. Thank you. It's um. I often feel, you know, I do love big and I often feel that uh, I overwhelm the systems of those who may not be, you know, ready for that in that moment. And. Uh, well, if I can offer you some different wording about that. Sure. Cassie, similar to what um, we talked about with Eileen. Uh-huh. When you say I overwhelm other people's systems. You're taking responsibility for something you don't have anything to do with. Doesn't mean that there isn't an overwhelm happening and you are not causing it. Thank you. That's that's a turn. That's a turn for me. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Doesn't mean that we don't pay attention to who we're with and what, you know, what might come up. So we might, you know, change some things, but it, it's not because you are responsible. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Suzanne. Yeah, you're welcome. Mm. You're a love bomb, is what you are. <laughs> I am. <laughs> the best kind. <laughs> Take care. <laughs> oh, we have Sheila Fling. Mm -hmm. Oh, you have to click on mute, um, Sheila. There you go. There you are, Sheila. Hello. We have two Sheilas right now, and we have a third Sheila sometimes. Oh. Mm -hmm. She's not here right now, but I just wanted to say uh, in response to Cassie, mm -hmm. uh, maybe one does not have to get old to appreciate life, but when one does get old, one can appreciate life even yeah. more somehow or another than along the way or differently. And so as an older person, mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. born in 35, so 87, um, I'm finding as I do grow up mm -hmm. that I am appreciating life more. And I also kind of want to echo, um, I, I overwhelm myself mm -hmm. or I overwhelm myself with your love when you pour, pour it out to all individuals. It brings us back to that moment of love, mm -hmm. which to me is what it's all about. Mm -hmm. And um, 
Darcy, I'm going to be keeping on thinking about not liking something or not saying it shouldn't be that way. There is a difference to me. There's a judgmentalness in the it shouldn't be that way. And yet, you know, kind of Irene liking and not liking and Darcy liking and not liking. It's okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. St. Francis said something about sinning boldly that's been in my mind lately with my friend mm -hmm. who we have a lot of arguments and I told her I was just going to sin boldly and, <laughs> and well she would too <laughs> and so, I don't know what's going to happen but anyway mm -hmm. we're experimenting and we're open mm -hmm. and it's fun mm -hmm. and who knows mm -hmm. that's the joy isn't it there That's the joy the, that arises. The joy and the boldness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And Cassie's loving us and stirring us up and triggering that love in us to everybody. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Mother Sheila. <laughs> mm. Thank you. Thank you for coming forward, Sheila. Okay. Mm -hmm. Hello, I'm just sat here um, thinking about the, there are no problems whatsoever. And I'm thinking about how many problems I make for myself. And um, I'm pretty good at that. Mm. Um, one of the problems I've made for myself over recent years is is an inability to come and step forward and face people in these um, inquiries. And that's something I'm practicing with. And there are real problems at times in the world and there's real issues that we face, but I'm just working with the fact that I'm looking at some of those things as they apply to me and say, how much are you making this worse by, by making a problem rather than sitting and just letting that, that mm -hmm. fear and that anxiety just, just rest mm -hmm. in place and not take control? That's such a useful question, Julia. How much am I adding to this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm pretty good at it. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's another club I don't think is just one member. <laughs> but you said at the beginning, Julia, that one of the things is that you don't bring yourself forward. Mm -hmm. What had you bring yourself forward? No, I'm, I'm I'm working with it. <laughs> You're working um, with it, okay. We we had a retreat um, a few weeks back, and um, yeah, it from that it was just something that I thought this is so stupid. You know, I have created this this big bubble of fear that I just need to pop. And let it 
like a soap bubble, just disintegrate and, mm -hmm. and go. It's not quite that easy, but it's something I am I'm working on. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you for using this opportunity to practice that. Your question is so important. What am I doing to add to this situation or this problem, whatever word we use? And I think one of the things you talked about in terms yeah. of do what you have been doing only harder is about the intention. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's something that I keep questioning. What is my intention? Mm -hmm. I haven't got the answer yet, but mm -hmm. <laughs> I should keep questioning. Uh -huh. Well, sometimes it's just the question that helps us take action. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much, Julia. Thanks for bringing that forward. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's me next. Okay, Maria. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I was just thinking as you were talking, I, I was just keep thinking about the water we swim in. You know, in that book, A Light in the Mind, um, they talk about you know the water we're swimming, how we create the water we're swimming in. And I was just thinking about um, some of the things everybody said and and what and your talk and what what you've been saying. It, there's something about how we're always waiting, or I'm always waiting to be different, or for um, you know, it's like Joe Colbeck says, "This is good as you, this is as good as you're gonna get." <laughs> <laughs> but it's kind of like in, in a way it's like i am me i am me and i'm I'm always going to be me but i've had some idea that it's all going to change and mm. waiting for that all to be different and then mm. i'll be all right and then i'll be better you know yeah. and it's that kind of feeling of you know where, where actually i'm just thinking that everything that i am is always going to be there but it doesn't have to be in the driving seat it doesn't have to be the water i swim in you know it doesn't have to it's the extra stuff isn't it all that other stuff that i am is the extra stuff that i bring but mm -hmm. i can actually kind of just it's like you say dropping body and mind just drop that mm -hmm. let go of that but it's going to come back again but that's mm -hmm. okay it's mm -hmm. always gonna come around but there's something about kind of i can't quite get hold of it because it's a bit new for me there's something about um yeah just who we are that we are who we are. We are all mm -hmm. those things and we're always going to be. Mm -hmm. and, and it's changing that water we swim in. We don't have to swim in that water, even mm -hmm. though it's there, even though it's it's about in the water. We don't have to swim in the water that's in between it all. Mm -hmm. That could be different, isn't it? That's what we were kind of aiming to soften. Um, I don't know, change seems the wrong word, drop into. Mm. Okay. That kind of okay. stuff. So the as you're describing this for yourself, Maria, the image I have is you standing in a queue. And we can make a choice. Am I just going to continue to stand in this queue? Or am I going to step up and and go ahead? Take the step, go ahead. And there's always going to be more queues. There always <laughs> are. That's what life is. So okay, am I going to stand here and just you know, continue to let somebody else go ahead of me? Or am I going to say, no, it's my turn and I'm going to do it. Mm -hmm. And a whole lot of stuff comes up 
And we can decide, are we going to let that be in charge of us? Or are we going to let what we know to be so in charge of us? Mm. And are we going to kind of, um, there's, there's something about deeply accepting all those parts of us, having so much compassion yes. for them. I mean, they've yes. all had a service, haven't they? This, like they say, uh, Dick Swartz says there's no bad parts. You know, they've right. all, they've all, they're all there for a reason. Yes. And it, it's kind of really taking care of all those parts and learning to love them rather mm -hmm. than get rid or try and change them into something else. It's kind of um, something about fostering that part of us, nurturing that part of us that can take care of all of that and everyone else. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, not getting rid or changing or mess, axing it all up. Yeah. And to improve it all, it's, does that yes. make sense? <laughs> it, it does to me and how everybody else is taking it in. Thank you for the teaching, Maria. Mm -hmm. I best and go I, anyway. And I, and I guess we are at the end of our time. So let's uh, recite the practice principles. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thought, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Caught in the self-centered dream, only suffering. Holding to self-centered thoughts, exactly the dream. Each moment, life as it is, the only teacher. Being just this moment, compassion's way. Thank you, Maria, for a great bell time. Thank you, everybody. It's really good to be with you today. And I guess I'll turn it over to you, Maria. Great. Thank you so much, Suzanne. I think you've got you always offer so much food for uh, for digesting. So thank you, thank you so much. And if you'd like to offer Diana to Susanna. Um, please go to opendoorzencommunity.org forward slash donate. And if you'd like to offer um, any Diana to Appamada, it's appamada.org forward slash contribute. But thank you all so much. And if you'd like to stay for a further 30 minutes, please just stay right where you are and pop yourself into gallery view. And I shall be with you any second now. <laughs> thank you all so much.